Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! He's bugging us over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20 down. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Everybody, happy Wednesday to you. Hump Day Edition Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Valentine's Day. Love is in the air on this version of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Hope everybody's having a great start to their Wednesday. Ash Wednesday, Valentine's Day, whatever you're celebrating. Have a good one. The Cats won. It's fun to do a radio show, more fun to do a radio show after when. Nick Roush, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm doing well. Long time no talk, Mr. Sports Talker. Feels like we were just chatting with one another. Seven hours ago, I was in the same spot talking to the same person. But no, it was fun doing the Dash Clips postgame show, just getting our thoughts out there right after the game. But we saved some takes for you for this morning. And you, you can talk about a UK win a lot, a lot, especially yeah. when they had been as bad as they had been. UK gets the 75-63 win over Ole Miss. Defense carries the day for the Cats, and we'll talk plenty about it. Justin Kalen, how are you? I am shocked. You all were both on the Dash Club Post game show? Yeah, you were, of course, nowhere to be found. Yeah, no, I was, I was sleeping. It was way, way past my bedtime. So, I, yeah, I did not hop on. This was one of the very few that I've missed. But I'm, I'm surprised that you were both on there. So impressive, nicely done. Well, he, I mean, he needs, he can't just talk by himself for an hour. He can't. Yeah, they, the, the callers were light yesterday. We only had John, which I'm not overly shocked about because it was 11.45 at night. But yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people listen in, which I get it. They're probably in bed I, or they have headphones in and it's like I'm, I'm next to a significant other. I'm, I, I don't want to wake up the kid by starting to yell about UK athletics. But it was fun. No, it, Roush and I just kind of talked over the game for a bit. John had a lot of interesting things to say and – uh, he he threw out the idea of Kentucky potentially going undefeated, although it's because he made he thought he was making a UK SEC tournament bet, but mm-hmm. made an SEC regular season bet. Yep. You're not you're not going to get the conference tournament odds right now, John. You'll get those after the regular season. Correct, because maybe some weird book you could find are. it. They need to know who's got the double buys, who's got the buys, that sort of deal. Yes, 
far from being confirmed because uh, chaos is still all around college basketball. So we had more of it last night too. And fortunately, Kentucky not on the wrong end of the chaos, but North Carolina was suck it to our heels. Yeah, they lose at Syracuse last night, and and that's the thing we were saying before really any of this is that a lot of teams are losing. A lot of teams are going to continue to lose. It's not just going to be Kentucky. Just win. It'll take care of itself, and they haven't been able to to do that consistently, but a step in the right direction last night. A lot to like, a lot to talk about, and – Roush, it wouldn't be a UK basketball game if we didn't have uh, potential injury news surrounding it. The first game Kentucky plays at full strength, well, they only last like, you know, about uh, ha- a, a half and one half and half of a half. Half of a half of a half. Trey Mitchell. He made it seem that it was a very intentional injury from a Mississippi player involving his shoulder. You can see him mouthing at one point. He dislocated my shoulder, but he also does the old like arm up, rotating your arm that like, you know, every old man does when it's like, hey, do you think you could still throw a fastball? And you're like, oh, do I think? And you start doing the arm thing. He was doing that, and Roush, I don't know, I was under the impression if you had a dislocated arm, you couldn't lift it like that. You couldn't, like, lift it above your head and do the rotating thing. So, I, so point being, I don't think it's just a, a dislocated shoulder. I wish it was. It, that would be something that you could potentially just pop back in. I know that there's different types of dislocated shoulders. There may be one where you can still lift your arm up, but point being, he got x-rays after the game. If we hear anything, we'll be sure to keep you updated, but – Caps want to know when fully healthy, but it may have been short-lived, which really shouldn't surprise anybody with UK's injury luck that they've had this season. But they yeah. play full strength and they get the win. That's nice to see. I mean, we'll never know exactly what it is, but I you, you hope it's not a sprained AC joint because those are painful, and that's it's really just a pain tolerance thing. And it can be a long-term pain tolerance thing too. Um, so hopefully it's not the biggest of deals, but as you're, you are correct, he didn't have just the slump shoulder that was hanging there, right. Where you're just like holding on to it like, Argh. so that was good. Cal didn't have any, um, post game update about it. Um, so yeah, we'll, um, what was it? He's getting x-rays. Yeah. So. He's getting x-rays at the, during, at, before the night was over. So yes, yep. they'd have the results back sure to that. Uh, Check out clean. Oh, all good. All right. Well, MRI in the morning, probably, I would imagine. And then, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. But uh, even though they were at full strength, TJ, Mitchell, I mean, he he was fine, but he wasn't still good, Trey Mitchell, where he was missing open shots. And then you had DJ Wagner back in the starting lineup, and DJ still getting his legs underneath him. Uh, He only played 18 minutes, the fewest of any of the, the guards. So, my question to you is: Big task at Auburn this weekend. When, when's the when's the DJ Wagner? Like, is he back for that game all the way back? Because it's clear that there's he's still a little rusty. And you know what? From both times he's sat out a couple games from that ankle injury, it's taken him a while to get going. So, do we do we think that it's gonna? 
be a little bit longer or is is Saturday the day that like okay he he's gotten two games under his belt it's just a little bit but he's he's back to being the DJ Wagner we know and love yeah it's a good it's a it's a good question I I don't know I hope sooner rather than later but of nine guys who played last night for UK he played the second fewest minutes of the nine people who played all nine people who played scored at least four points so a lot of talk has been made about the rotation and substitution patterns and starters, but nine guys get in last night. Some people probably not happy about so many people getting minutes, but if you're going to get nine guys in and they're all going to score at least two baskets or at least four points, I know it do only hit the one basket. Uh, DJ only hit the one basket, but he got to the free throw line, but I'm all right with that. Like, you know, if DJ is going to take his time getting back, that's understandable. But if he can go out there, provide good, a good 18 minutes, the issue is when DJ was out, you were asking so much of Rod, Rod, Reed and Rob and, and Antonio Reeves for really 40 minutes. They weren't all playing 40 minutes, but you needed all three of those guys out there as much as you could. So even just getting 18 minutes from DJ, even if it's not the DJ we remember, is still significant. It's still not nothing, as we so often say here on Kentucky Roll Call. But he'll he'll break through at some point, and the Auburn game will be a good one for him, assuming he's – the, the bigger question is where is his health? Is he at 100%? How close is he to 100%? Is he not putting up good games so far since he's been back and it's a really small sample size? Is he not putting together really good games since he's been back because he's only at like 70%? but he just knows the team needs a body out there, or is he at 80%? So assuming he is close to 100%, I think we'll see good DJ Wagner sooner than later. But if you also wanted to take the approach, I want to see a good DJ Wagner before I'm expecting it, that's fair too. And the Auburn game is going to be a good one for him. It's going to be up and down. It's going to be a guard-dominant game. When you think of a healthy DJ Wagner, when he's able to get into the lane and finish with those layups, the Auburn game, you would think, would be an example of one of those games where he's going to be able to kind of have his way if he is at 100%. So I think Saturday is going to answer a lot of questions in terms of where DJ Wagner's at, how he's implementing back into things, but more so just that percentage question. How close is he to 100%? He should have a good game against Auburn. If he goes out there and he's incredibly forgettable, then I, my guess is that he's probably just not – not where he needs to be from a health perspective. But, uh, yeah, it's just 18 minutes, though, even with him not playing all that great. That that matters. That helped the rest of the team. Um, speaking of helping the rest of the team, how did everybody like Ugo's 10 blocks? Scoots, I know you didn't watch the game, but he was a shot-blocking machine down in the paint. He wound up with 10. I saw early in the game, or in the first half, he had five. But 10? He had seven in the first 13 and a half minutes. Oh, my. Impressive. It's um, – Scoots, most blocks since fill-in-the-blank Hall of Fame basketball player. Most blocks at Rupp Arena since this Hall of Fame basketball player. Uh, is it a Kentucky guy? No. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go David Robinson. Wow. Nailed did it? you look that up? No. I nailed yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. Nailed it. Where did you see that at, Scoots? Whose tweet did you see? I didn't yeah. see a tweet. No, I. the only reason I knew that is because that was a lucky guess, first of all. But I saw a stat earlier this week I don't or I guess it was this weekend something about it was him Hakeem Olajuwon and two other guys that had a bunch of blah oh it was the Nick Roush I was talking about you with this right the 
quadruple double. Was I talking, talking about that? About oh, okay. Yeah, no, I was reading stats about all the guys who had had quadruple doubles in the NBA, and David Robinson was one of them. So just took a lucky stab. Well done, Scoots. Well done. Yeah, Thanks. the Admiral. Pretty good um, back in the day. Came to Rupp um, with Navy, and I believe they lost that game too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, yeah, most blocks at Rupp since David Robinson. It does amuse me, TJ, that – it's the second most blocks in UK single game history. And the other one also came against Ole Miss. Uh, this one didn't feel as dominant as Nerlens is. Did he hit 14 that night? I think it was 13, but I, I don't remember. You were, were you there for that? I was there. Yeah. Yeah. I was there. I, I'm, I'm not going to make a big deal on Twitter about being there, but yeah, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> It was an incredible performance when he did that. Uh, and that one was different than last night in a, in a lot of different ways. The game was closer. It was on the road. You like had to do it, too. If he had to do it. Thoughts and Kentucky wasn't going to win. He did so many of them with four fouls, which uh, yeah. that, that was incredible that he had four fouls and just still was blocking everything, going up and challenging everything, and truly not fouling. Uh, and it was a miracle that night in Oxford that the officials just let it happen. And at any point, they could have just been like, oh, you got him with the body. I saw a little hand there. And then taken away what was an incredibly <laughs> memorable night for U.K. basketball. Uh, they didn't do it. Impression. That's a great ref impression. Yeah, got him with the body. Uh, you got to end it up with four fouls as well. I don't remember when he picked up his fourth and how many blocks he got after that. But a, a different type of night for Uganda. But – your guess as what happens at the five position on any given night is as good, if not better, than mine. Because I, I don't know, guys and gals. Hands up. Like, what are you going to get out of that position? No freaking clue. You know, weirdly enough, Uganda's plus minus was only three, despite the despite the ten blocks. He wasn't – UK's best five did not include him last night, which is – you have 10 blocks in a game and you still aren't in the top five for plus minus. That's, that's interesting. Um, weirdly enough, Aaron Bradshaw was your plus minus runner up. Um, but in, in much more limited minutes, the fewest minutes of those nine that we're talking about, but uh, I don't know, you know, it's something Roush. you got something out of that position. I think if you get something any given night, that's going to be probably good enough for me. I think maybe we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And, they they caught their wobs. They caught they they finished their dunks. Um, Bradshaw had a couple. Hugo uh, had a couple. Bradshaw had that and one that was really awkward looking, but it worked. Um, and I also think too, if you're one of those who like they need to tighten the rotation. I mean, Bradshaw had five minutes in the in Bradshaw and Thierro each had five minutes in the first half, and then I think Bradshaw played more because Mitchell got hurt pretty early on in the second. So you you kind of had to do what you had to do there. Um, but they in, in the other part too, TJ, is you you were playing against a seven foot five guy and another seven footer in Musa Cisse, and it it was a push in my mind, right? Between your your fives and that. And that's really all you can ask for. Um, I don't think you're gonna get that every single game, but by making them a push when Kentucky was stealing passes everywhere else, it was um you, you saw the defense, right? Kentucky held Ole Miss to only 29 points in the first half. They limited him to 37.5% from the field, 22% from three. It's the 
third or fourth fewest points scored, fourth fewest points scored all year by a Kentucky opponent. And I mean, they didn't even get to 60 until there were 30 seconds left in the game, right? Like that was a garbage time getting there to 60. And aside from a couple of Matthew Merle threes, most it felt like they were pretty contested. So uh, it wasn't your typical Kentucky basketball. Um, I've got to go out and score 95 points to win a game. And that I, I, I like that there's different, you know, they found a different way to win. Um, and they did it in a scenario where you had to win. You had to get off that stupid, dumb losing streak at Rupp before one of your most difficult challenges of the year at Neville Arena this Saturday. Yeah, with under two minutes to play in the game, they were at the 56, 57 points. Uh, that's incredible with this UK defense when you when you think about it. The 10 blocks will go a long way in doing that. That's 10 shots that never had a chance to go in for, for Mississippi. That helps. Uh, a sloppy game between both teams. Turnovers, a combined 27 in this game between the two. I, th- I thought something was up with the ball. It looked a little slippery. Neither team could really gri- grab it, grip it, grasp it, hold on to it. Um, but a lot of turnovers in that game. But between 10 block shots for, for 10 of their shots blocked by for Ole Miss and then 12 turned over balls, if you will, uh, that's 22 shots that you never get a chance to have even see the rim. That ain't that ain't the recipe for success. But credit to UK for for doing those things. On the flip side, UK was more uncharacteristic with the turnovers than than normal, uh, which maybe led to a slower offensive game for them. But the pace was a little slower, as at least in the second half. Kentucky was the one kind of slowing things down a little bit. And Roush, I'm all, I was all right with it. I, I, you know, you don't need to be a tempo king when you're just trying to get off the schneid, and you're just trying to find a way to win a game. But um, Part of it just was 25% of their first half possessions were turnovers. It's like that, you know, that that's it's too much. Yeah, but they, scored, but they scored 43 points in the first half. I mean, that's you score 43 points any game, I'm going to have the idea that you should be in it or have a great chance to win it. And then they followed it up in the second half with only 32. But again, they played a little slower in that half, I think, I hope that doesn't become a trend, but we can let's just keep winning and let's see what they do when they're up with the lead. Let's uh, let's go down that road again. That was more fun than whatever the last two or three weeks have been. I did just find on Stat Broadcast where they have possession numbers and stuff like that. That I'm big fan of that. Big fan of that. Just really yeah, stats. Cool. And it, makes you, it makes you feel smarter too. Like Kentucky scored one point one six points per possession, and it makes me sound smarter than what I really am. So you're welcome, radio audience. You're getting smarter from somebody who's reading numbers off a page. You're welcome. And hopefully everybody listened to the Breakfield, Jamin Breakfield over points yeah, total that I, I gave got, you. I got it. That's the only bet I hit last night. <laughs> I tried a little single game parlay because I had some bonus bucks on the Super Bowl. Uh, but Breakfield got home. Here we go. Yeah. And I threw some money on Jalen Murray as well. He had a horrible shooting night. Uh, he missed his last four shots, didn't make his last shot, and we, I think with about 17 minutes left in the second half, uh, he, he couldn't get going. A lot of, a lot of players on, on Ole Miss, they, they really couldn't get things going. Um, and Kentucky, on the, on the flip side, everybody was able to get at least a little something going. Your leading scorer last night for the Kentucky Wildcats, Antonio Reeves. But I, I wonder when the last – I wonder when the last time the leading scorer for Kentucky had 15 points. 
and a win. That that can't be totally common for, for this year, but a pretty balanced scoring effort. One, two, three, four people score in double digits, including Rob and Reed, the three guards, Rob, as you, I would you imagine. And then uh, a decent game from Justin Edwards as well. Uh, I've really liked what to what he brought to the table defensively more so than what he was doing offensively, although it was a pretty solid offensive game, able to get to the line even a little bit. Uh, he led the team in free throw attempts yesterday. So, the, But, Justin Edwards, you play defense like that, you've got a place on my basketball court, my guy. You got me? You play like that. You play that. But of course, he'll play like that against Auburn, and in the first 10 seconds, they'll be like, oh, it's a touch foul. Oh, you got him with the hands. He got you in the bread basket. And you'll be like, oh, well, damn it. This is college basketball. One way he's allowed to play just totally normal, and then the next game, that's called a foul. Um, but I like that they were allowing him to get away with that kind of aggressive, in-your-face, think South Carolina defensive strategy. If Justin can keep doing that and he can keep getting away with it, he's got to be on the floor. I know that's a crazy thing for people to hear, but this team's got offense. They should at all points have offense in the game. Um, but if he can defend like that, he needs to be out there. Now, if he's not defending like that or he's not allowed to defend like that, then we'll, we'll see what the rest of the lineups look like and we can have that conversation and go from there. But great Justin Edwards game last night. He, yeah. he, was a, he was a big help. Early on, too, Kentucky did the thing where they started slow, big surprise. Um, to avoid that, they, they had to run Justin Edwards. He had the first seven points of the game, and that gets me to – you know me, TJ. I'm pretty – I'm pretty adamant that the starting lineups doesn't really matter. Cal's superstitious. I'm, I might have to change my tune because just falling behind every single game is not a recipe for success. Yeah, you're wrong here, unfortunately, though. Um, and we, ta- we talked about this on the Dash Clips postgame show. Kentucky's starting lineup wasn't the issue. It was when they made the substitutions that was the issue. The starting lineup didn't play great. They got down 5 nothing within 75 seconds, but then – be right after three minutes of gameplay, they were back up, they were leading. So the starters were able to get the lead. And then after getting the lead, uh, Justin Edwards got that and one. That's when they made the substitutions. Kentucky was up seven to five. And before you know it, Roush, they were down 15 to nine after those substitutions were made. Um, and then he, and then Cal didn't waste too much time kind of switching up the lineups again after that point. And then water found its level and Kentucky was able to get back into the game. But it wasn't until the line switch, the hockey shift, if you will, that uh, things kind of got away there from UK for, for the only point of the entire game. And granted, to UK's credit, uh, they got down six after that lineup shift, if you will. And then by six minutes left in the first half, they took the lead and and quite literally never looked back. So it did end up working out well. But a lot of people, including myself, did not love that starting lineup. But when you're actually watching the game, it wasn't the starting lineup that had that terrible start. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But it also, the starting lineup doesn't have Reed Shepard. And I'm just like, do do we just want to give our best player more minutes? Yeah, I because that the the second half, that's where you had the starting lineup back in. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it was just the regular five, um, and that's when they turned a 16 point game into a six point game in about two and a half minutes. But I say this lovingly, Roush. Have you had your coffee this morning? Because yeah. Reed played the most minutes of anybody. 
no, 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 I know. But that that one stretch to start the second half, I'm like, oh, Reed's not in the game. The other team's going on a run, and then he comes in and immediately hits a jump shot. Like the, as soon as Cal called that timeout. There was times where I was when he was on the floor that I was like, all right, anytime the offense is getting stale, like Rob Reed or Reeves have got to shoot the ball. Yeah, like yeah, it's like, got, and, and most likely probably Reed at least needs to get his fair shake at it a, a few times over. But he was your plus minus champion last night at plus 19. Goodness gracious. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 32 minutes played. The next closest was Antonio Reeves at 28 minutes. So he definitely was out there more than anybody else despite not starting. And really, he didn't come in until what? the first three and a half minutes of the game. So outside the not starting three and a half minutes, uh, there was only another three-minute stretch in that game where he didn't play or another three-and-a-half-minute stretch in the game where he didn't play. That's pretty crazy to think about. Reed was out there a lot, and I'm yeah, happy no, about he, that. He, I agree he, I agree that that needs to be the case. And, um, you know, that's me being a little nitpicky in the two times of the game where they were underperforming. And my favorite part of the Reed Shepard game, though, is you. your statement is true. When things are going bad, one of those three guys needs to take a shot. It reminds me of the early Cal teams. If things were getting stale, you needed Patrick Patterson to be the buoy, right? You Same thing, Darius Miller. They're in a cold streak. Give it, the ball to that dude in the middle of the floor. He'll find a way to make a shot. Scooch, do or go ahead. Feels, I was just say Rob feels like the only guy who's aware that he needs to take that shot. And sometimes he gets a little too crazy with it. I'm like, ah, to Reed's credit, he went and he took some of those shots. And one of those was, uh, it, it, that, it was a bomb. I mean, it was seven feet behind the three-point line, and it was kind of contested. And you're like, oh, oh, hey, here we go. Like, let's get him going, baby. And he he did more of that. We saw more aggressive Reed. So I, I'd been getting on him for not taking more shots. He he was getting after it last night. I, I, I appreciate it. I thought for the most part on an off on the offensive effort, the team did what they needed to do. Um, defense, like it was a good game for UK. Could have been better. Wasn't perfect. We saw a little bit of zone. We'll talk more about last night. But we got to hear about Scooch Fat Tuesday Mardi Gras celebration at the Casa de la Man. We'll get to that. I heard it was wild. So we'll come back with an update of what went down at Scooch Mardi Gras party when we return. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rush, Justin Kalen. The Cats win. We're back after this. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Ah, the best freaking team in all the land. Woohoo! Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Anytime I'm hungry, I'm out on the road for work, I seek out a Thornton's. And the beautiful thing is when you download the Thornton's app, it's going to tell you where the closest location is to you if you're a Refresher Rewards member. Download that app today. It's so easy to sign up. You just download the app and you're basically signed up once you fill out some information and you'll save money each and every time you go to a Thornton's, whether you're going inside 
for an affordable breakfast or lunch. 89 cents, 32 ounce soft drinks, delicious breakfast sandwiches, fresh fruit daily. They've got pre-packaged sandwiches as well and pre-packaged salads at most Thorntons. So if you're looking for healthier options, they can do it. And you're not going to, I can't believe how many times, you know, you go to a fast food place, even when you try to eat healthy, you're like, that'll be 17.42. And you're like, what? what? How? 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 How is it that much money? Not at Thornton's. You're going to save money, whether it's at the pump or inside the store. Download that app, become a Refreshing Rewards member, check out their amazing and delicious options inside. Uh, I bet you didn't know this, TJ, but if you pull up your Refreshing Rewards app right now, Celebrate Valentine's Day. Buy one, get one free donuts. It'll make you go nuts. Go nuts. Wow. You can win Valentine's Day early this morning with that Refreshing Rewards app and get you the old buy one, get one. That's awesome. Thanks for the heads up. Boom. You're welcome. Whoa. I got a free banana with deli sandwich on mine right now. Nice. Nice. I had a 20 cents off a gallon, too. I mean, just... Savings left and right at your neighborhood Thorns. So buy a Pepsi, buy, today. buy a Pepsi, get a free Starry. Um, Starry's solid, but I'm pretty much out on Pepsi products, so I'll let that one go to the wayside. How, but um, ooh, I got a 15 you, cents off gallon. That's awesome. So you you have tried the Starry? Yeah, the Starry is much better than Sierra Mist. Okay, so it does, but it does taste different. It's not just like. Your yes. lemon lime soda. Sort of it's thing. much more closer to like Sprite than Sierra Mist was, and that's a good thing. Okay. Good. But I do think, as Ash Wednesday today, I think I've given up soft drinks. And I think I'm still going to have lemonade, which is a sugary drink. I get it. But one, I, good lemonade's not as accessible as just a good old-fashioned Sprite is. And two, so what? I want to have a sugary drink every once in a while. It's probably going to be lemonade this go-around. And then sweets, Roush. That's going to be the harder one. I think I'm going to give up sweets. I'll have some cake on my birthday, but no more just go into the candy jar before bedtime. So those are my Linton Ash Wednesday promises that nobody nice. asked about. Nice. Yeah. The, well, especially the before bedtime, that's when you want it the most, but that's when it's also the worst for you. Get that sugar. Stay oh, yeah. Night. Like it just, it just sits on you. So you don't need that. You mm-hmm. don't. What did you settle on? Yeah, I'm just I'm doing my, my my training, which is just less drinking, more fasting, more running. Three and a half miles yesterday. How about that? That's great. Yeah, and I saw I saw Sack say that he's going to do the mini marathon. It sounds like there's going to be a crew of people doing the mini marathon. Yeah, yeah, I'm, it'll be fun. And I'm my wife said that I don't know if she is going somewhere or if i'm supposed to go with her on that day uh either way i'm probably just going to be like a vegetable afterwards so um might need to tap in uh grammy and pat ball for that saturday because yeah yeah you know what that feels like 100 years away and oh gosh there's gonna be a lot of running done between now and then not looking forward to but we're gonna hit the ground running yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh, yeah. Scoots, what'd you get into last night? Did you have a little Mardi Gras party? Did you find the baby in your king cake? No, no, no king cake for me. I took my last drink last night of alcohol because I'm pretty sure I'm going to do the whole no alcohol, none at all 
for Lent, and I'm going to join you on the no sodas, TJ. So my my go-to is going to be sweet tea. That's how I'm going to get my sweet drink in. But yeah, I'm going to do no alcohol, no sodas. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I'll drop some LBs here in the next month or two. If you actually do those two things mm-hmm. for all the way until Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. I will guarantee you will lose a significant amount of weight. Okay. I, like I'm a, in. Like a, a noticeable amount. I just, Scoots, I love you. And it's not, it's never a bad thing to aim high, set a lofty goal. If you come up short, that's all right, as long as your heart was in the right place in terms of trying. But you do realize conference tournaments, first and second round of the NCAA tournament, St. Patrick's Day. I may Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. I, I may need to make an ex. Uh, Cinco's after Easter, so that that's not going to be a big deal. I may. I just, want, I just wanted to see the look on your face. May make one exception for St. Patrick's Day, but I mean, think about basketball, NCAA tournament, conference tournament. Indiana's in the conference tournament, but we're not going to be in the big tournament, so I'm not going to need to drink to get through those games. So that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah we'd be able to drink by the Final Four. But here's the other thing, Scoots. Um, it's there's other games. You like to watch all the college basketball games. You're not going to want to have a cold one during the hey, my, that, there, during the opening day, that Thursday and Friday. That's going to be tough for you, Scoot. Nah, I don't yeah. think so. And that's actually St. Patrick's Day weekend too. So will I um, will I want to have the, a cold one? Yes, absolutely. But will I? Nope. I'm sticking true. If the weather's good and everybody's wearing their green and the tournament first and nobody's working and but good, good for you. I'll I'll. I'll be with you until March rolls around. You all make me not want to do it because you don't believe in me. I think it's we're really off tough. to a bad start. I think it's tough, but I believe in you. I'm, I'm I'll be an ally, and uh, I'm uh, not. I'm going to be the opposite. I'm going to be the devil on your other shoulder, just tempting you with good times left and right. It's good. So you had your so you had your last sip last night. I did. What, what was it? Was it a splatty? Uh, no, it was a PBR, and I had some Fireball as well. Okay. So here's you, my other question, Scoots. Are you going to do the thing that I did as a kid where you would, well, it's not technically beer. On it's, Sundays? Uh, margarita, uh, you know? No, I'm doing are, all are you, I'm doing all alcohol. Beer, liquor, you name it. I'm doing it. Wine. Yeah. No no Everclear? Ooh, gross. What no. about uh, this is a ginormous, This is a ginormous development. I told you all yesterday I was thinking about doing this. I didn't think you had the chops for it. And I woke up today and I was I decided. I was like, I've got to do it. Just, I were, just you have o- to. were you hung were you hung over? No, I'm just I'm so tired of looking in the mirror and being fat, you know? <laughs> so if I can not drink for a couple months and change that a little bit, I've that's I've got to do that. Did you ever think about maybe going to Tony Tony Perkins summer camp? Uh no. Mm. Not a summer camp guy. Yeah, yeah but skinny Tony. But you could get percussized. You could get Percocized. It's a foolproof method. Um, Mm. 100% efficacy rate for Tony Perkins' weight loss camp. Step on the scale. Step off the scale. (laughs) Have you seen that movie? No. What is it? Heavyweights. Heavyweights. You got to see heavyweights. No, I haven't seen heavyweights. Oh, man. That's a... And for all you youngins out there, too, like... You know, this this is the yeah. kind of like intern Jacob, Sack Pack, all of you young kids, you all have to watch heavyweights. Uh, I, I worry I worry specifically that Matt Sack has never seen heavyweights. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he doesn't need it. He's skinny, but still. 
that that's that's a there was something about the the 90s a lot of uh very good live action kids movies that probably go under the radar the heavyweights uh the big green is a great movie i mean sandlot obviously takes the cake but there's there's so many um out there that that the the younger generations they need to know they need to know yeah, Heavyweight only having a 38 on Rotten Tomatoes is ridiculous. That movie, uh, it's a fun I can't, one. Can't trust Rotten Tomatoes after that. Um, Keenan Thompson's in it, Scoots. What's the lesson we learned from last night? Never put Twinkies on your pizza. <laughs> Let's get to the Thornton's grab-and-go text line, 502-414-1450. For our people waking up early with us in the morning, we like to get to their text. First, the Cats get the win. We're happy about it. Oh, actually, I need to refresh this bad boy. I'm getting the Mike Rutherford text on here. Oh, no. Suck it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way, suck it cards. They lost again. They blew it. They were up. They were winning. And that's a tough place to win, though, at Boston College, if you like playing basketball games in empty arenas. So if you find that to be challenging, that's a tough place to play. But they lose to Boston College. Boston College is such a joke athletic program. A texter says, I'm glad UK won, but can they have worse luck with goaltending calls? This rule needs to be changed. I was worried this was going to be a bad omen. So it happens again last night. UK is in transition. Looks like they've got some chance. This UK team really, really struggles in transition, but that's a different conversation for a different day. But they're in transition. Looks like they're going to score. I think it was Reed throws a ball up there, gets pinned. Pretty close call. Looks pretty 50-50 to me. In real time, I thought it was a clean block. I was surprised they called the goaltend. They call a goaltend. I think UK would have had a good chance at getting the ball, but it was called pretty quickly, so you don't really know what would have happened there. And then there's a break in the action because the goaltend is a dead ball. We come back from the TV timeout. It's not a goaltend. They've taken the points away from Kentucky. It'll be Ole Miss basketball which supposedly is just alternating possession, which has now just been twice that UK has been boned on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that they just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you do. I like the idea that you can review goaltends, and I like at least in this instance, instead of the game at A&M, they did it just, you know, right then and there. Granted, there's a timeout, so they could do it right then and there. And it wasn't like four minutes later, hey, we're taking two points away from you. And then in terms of the ball thing, that's a that's a tough one. Maybe possession arrow is just the most fair way to do it. But I do like the idea that, hey, we want to get the goal 10 calls right or we want to get them wrong. Let's check them out. But I hate more reviews. I'm conflicted on it, clearly. I hate more yeah, reviews. Yeah, yeah. I would like for it to be just like a judgment call and go with it. But then it would be unfortunate if you got hosed that way. They're like, hey, they – they called this a goaltend. It was such a clean block. Think back to that 2013 national championship game between Michigan and Louisville. It was such a clean block, but they called a goaltend. That one was more of a foul, no foul situation. But I think you, you got to – I can't say you got to get rid of it because I don't know if you do. But you got to do it right then and there. I just, I just hope that we're getting all of the bad ones out now. If that makes sense, right? Like, you, it, getting we're getting hosed by it in the regular season, so that karma works our way in the postseason, huh? Maybe, maybe. Glass uh, apple. Abe likes it. Oh. He's he's on he's on board with that take. 
Can't say I disagree with it. Another Thornton's texter on the grab-and-go text line says, feel like a dude's the key to this team with his ability to crash the glass and also another player that can get into the lane and occasionally make a play. Yeah, and he wasn't finishing particularly well last night, but that was what was nice is it didn't matter. He found other ways to contribute. Um there was one instance where I think he found Reeves open in the corner, and it was a rare miss uh, from him. But just being able to break down the defense, uh, you know, it's significant. It's significant. I did also admit – I got a little worried when he had that one shot contested. It was a great block from behind, but he hit the ground hard, and I'm like, oh, no, back. Please don't, like, seize up or anything on us. Like, we can't – got to have that guy on the floor. What crosses my mind, too, uh, with Adu similar to to DJ, like just, you know, where is he at at 100%? We were led to believe he was playing with this back issue, back problems all season. Is I, I can't imagine you just snap your fingers and – and it goes away. UK actually had the worst. If you're a plus minus guy, which I'm going, I'm going heavy on the plus minus today. He had the worst plus minus of the team at minus eight. So UK was minus, uh, you know, losing by eight when a dude the arrow was out there on the floor. But he is tough. I like the five rebounds. Um, you know, he he played only 21 minutes. You think maybe if he plays more, he probably is your leading rebounder on the team. And he serves a role on this team. There's no doubt about it. And especially if Trey Mitchell is going to be out any extended period of time, then a dude, the arrow may become your most important player in terms of just all the different things you're going to need him to do. And you're going to ask of him, uh, but he's how, how close to hundred percent is he? I think that's a fair yeah. question as well that I have. Uh, another texter says on the Thornton sex line, Defensive effort last night was encouraging, but also frustrating. Defensive ability didn't grow between Saturday and last night. It was all effort. Put forth just that amount of effort and probably beat Kansas, UNC Wilmington, Florida A&M, Gonzaga, maybe even Tennessee. It's crazy how a team full of NBA players has allowed something as simple as a defensive effort to be the difference in 17-7 and and 22-2, and maybe even 23-1, and at worst 21-3. and yeah, I think you're taking a few liberties there, as you probably would imagine as well. But your, your overall sentiment is well taken and received. Right, because most of – I mean, Gonzaga notwithstanding, most of the time the bad defensive breakdowns are just brain farts with three seconds on the shot clock, right? They just – they play good defense for 20-plus seconds and then completely just lose their minds at the end. There's a miscommunication and somebody gets a wide-open three that they knock down. Because um, – you. We've, we've seen flashes throughout the year of competent defense. Uh, it helped that when they had some of those this time that uh, Ole Miss didn't take advantage of a ton of them um, by knocking down open shots. Uh, but uh, it, it was um, it, it was encouraging because that was something, you know, that was a point of emphasis going into this game was effort, energy, heart, hustle, yada, yada, yada from Cal. So – you, I, I, I think in general, generally speaking, TJ, watching that game last night, there's a lot of reasons to be encouraged, but also know that the problems haven't been solved overnight, and this team still has a, a way to go. And yeah, the the upcoming stretch of games, it's it's uh, it's not going to be easy. 
Uh, oh, huge, huge four-game stretch. We talked about it on the post-game show, but at Auburn, again, there's not huge expectations. You have to win that one, but boy, wouldn't it be swell if you went and, and you stole one? That would get the mojo right back, things rocking and rolling. At LSU, that's a tough one on the road, potentially, but a team that you're more talented than and that you're better than. And then Alabama at home, we had thought that the home games – could be tough, but the ones that you got to take care of, that still applies. But now I think losing is in the back of our mind at Rupp Arena, which should never really be the case. And then you go at Mississippi State, a team that you've already beaten. That's a colossal four-game stretch for this team. You go three and one in that stretch, and we're all feeling good. You were things are you're probably moving in the right direction. Then you get to the Arkansas Vandy home games. You should take care of business in that, and then it's just the season finale at Tennessee. And you could be talking about finishing the stretch with your only two losses being Auburn and Tennessee, and that wouldn't be the end of the world. That wouldn't kill you. That would put you probably in like a five-seed category, depending on what you do in the SEC tournament. It's still not really where we thought this team would be, but nothing they couldn't come out of if they're healthy and they're clicking at the, the most convenient time. But huge four-game stretch. Starts on Saturday at Auburn. Easily probably the toughest game in that four-game stretch, but we'll see if the players get up for it. Scoots, hit me with one piece of Valentine's Day advice you would tell maybe a listener out there that's going on a date tonight. Maybe not a first date, but it's a new relationship. This is their first Valentine's Day. What would Scoot what would what would Scoots advise? TJ, you know I hate this holiday. It's it's absolutely my least favorite holiday. So my piece of advice would be don't just celebrate tonight. Do it year-round because Valentine's Day is supposed to be more than one day. You're supposed to love your wife or your husband every single day of the year. So don't make this day so special that you forget about the rest of the year. That would be my piece of advice. But that, that, has, nothing, that has nothing to do with today, though. So bad. Yeah. bad no, it, it does have something so he, to do with today. Don't make today. Don't make today. Don't make today. Tomorrow and yesterday. Don't make today he, so big that the rest yeah. of the year feels like you're not in love. That's can, my advice. Can, can you be? Can you be in love the rest of the year, but still ball out for one day like today? Can't you, you be know, like? That, that's his advice: is set the bar extremely low. So actually, do a terrible job today. Don't give her anything and treat her like crap. Ball out the rest of the year. Ball out the rest of the year. Ball out always, but don't make this day day bigger than all the rest for no reason. There is a reason, you you scooter dingus. The reason's Valentine's Day. Yeah, and it's stupid. So just celebrate celebrate your love year-round. Don't don't concentrate on one day. Again, terrible advice. If you take Scoot's advice, a woman will say, well, uh, today is a special day, and you didn't do anything special. You treated it like any other day. Well, and she's too pretentious for you. <laughs> we'll get. We'll be going to Scoots the rest of the show with some Valentine's love advice. We'll eventually work our way to the end of the evening, so we'll all be excited for his advice at that juncture of your Valentine's Day date. So you're not going to want to go anywhere. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call comes up next on the Big X. Happy Valentine's Day. And it goes round, round, round as it skims along With a happy sound as it goes Along the ground, ground, ground Till it leads you to the one you love Then you're love. Over. You 
say over? I heard of that Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Hour number two of Roll Call rolls along on your Valentine's Day. Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Going to be a beautiful day. Make sure you have your Shady Race polarized sunglasses on you when you hit the road. It's going to be gorgeous. You're going to want them. Any any sort of activity, Shady Rays is going to have you covered. Check them out. Spring, warm weather, right around the corner. ShadyRays.com. And do not forget the promo code BIGX for 40% off your entire cart at checkout. That's right. Promo code BIGX for 40% off at Shady Rays. Our favorite sunglasses. They're more than just sunglasses. Uh, we love their UV shirts as well. They've got plenty of options for you. Check them out today. ShadyRays.com. And do not forget that promo code BIGX for 40% off at checkout. The Cats win. We're happy. We're excited about it. Better than losing. We're going to talk more about it. Get your text on in, 502-414-1450. Roush, it seems like Bush Hamden is officially official. You have yes, the- It's not not all the way, but it will be um, soon and very soon. I would imagine classic KRC curse, one of those that happens as soon as we get off air. So, yeah, should be exciting. Uh, supposed to be meeting with the team today. Um, and then we'll we'll get to meet with the the media should get to meet with him. I would imagine tomorrow or Friday. So should be should be exciting. Are you going to give him a hug at the press conference? I'm not going to give him a hug. I know some Boise radio hosts do that. Um, that was a very very amusing clip. And if you haven't seen him, uh, that was the reaction of the Boise Drive Time Sports Talk radio host where. I'm assuming that guy's been doing this a long time, so he knew him. Um, but he was like, "This is just, this is just really bothering me. It just really, really bothers me." You preach retention. I mean, I hugged him. I hugged the guy. He's like, "I don't normally hug the coaches at the press conference, but there's just something different about Bush. I mean, we're boys. We know each other, and this one just doesn't sit right with me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy you hugged at a press conference doesn't want to stay in Boise when an SEC job is offering. What do you? What's so hard to understand about it? The the part that um, did kind of cut deep was he was like, "Yeah, I get the, um, you know, I get the prestige and the money, and I'd probably have to have that conversation myself. But you preach retention all year, you get these guys back, and then you leave to go to Kentucky." And I was just like, "I, I don't, I don't like the way you're saying Kentucky, pal." You're in freaking Idaho, all right? Well, and secondly, like, you, you know, if you've been doing radio long enough, you, if you care if you care about what people may think of what you're saying, which I think you should in radio, to say, if I'm in their shoes, if I'm in their shoes, I'm probably doing the same thing. But, when, 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 like, that, that caveat there, that defeats your whole argument. When you, when you yourself say, like, I may do the same thing, then what are you doing? You're just crying to cry. Yep. Uh, we, we weren't happy when Liam Cohen left us either. We, we we got worked up about it too. So it's all right, buddy. That's that's the biz. Um, I 
don't I'm not over the moon excited about the hire, but I am willing to wait and see because you've got no other option. You've got no other choice. I hope it works out. But as we mentioned yesterday or whenever we did, this isn't a well, you gotta give them time. This isn't a gotta give them time hire. This is you've got the pieces. We think you've got the pieces. It's gonna be your last year of having some studs on offense. This offense needs to look good. Yep. It just does. And if Brock ends up being terrible, Bush will have some built-in excuses there. Well, he's not the guy that I brought in. He's not He's not my transfer quarterback. And we can have that conversation if that ends up happening, and I hope that it doesn't. But it needs if the offense is bad, Roush, it needs to be pretty clear that it ain't the OC's fault. That, like, you know, he never really had a chance because the quarterback play was so bad or something along those lines. But we're gonna. I'm gonna be judging Bush hard this year. Hope he's ready for it. Oh yeah, he better be, because um, it's a it's a make or break year in a lot of ways for a lot of people. So uh, time to get right. Time that's to get so, right. Get that offense so, rolling. That's so true. Did you see what the Big Ten and the SEC are trying to do to the NCAA tournament? Um, yeah, Greg Sankey, suck it, buddy. You're going to get plenty of people in it this year. We don't. Uh, the thing is, is they threaten us with expansion talks quite a bit, but. The part that worries me is I think they're doing the expansion talk because they just want the NCAA to be the power too. They want it to be like college football where it's like, no, 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 no. College basketball's tournament is separate. And I know you guys want to eventually do your own thing, Greg, uh, Tony Patini and Greg Sankey, but please just leave this alone, please, because that's uh, – you get all the money in football. Don't You don't have to do this for basketball. So let let it be, please. Don't don't ruin this because that we we've we've tolerated a lot of stuff. If you just ruin the NCAA tournament just to make it a power conference, that deal that's not that's not fun. That's not it's not what why we love it. So it's because it's the one thing that college athletics that still exists that feels a little bit like college athletics and not just um, a subdivision of professional sports. Scoots, did you see this? No, I'm not familiar with what you're talking about. It, it gets brought up pretty much annually. It's almost like Roush, they're just like, they throw it out there. Who was it? Ross Dellinger that has this story. It seems yeah. like they always feed it to him to just be like, all right, let's gauge the temperature. On, oh, my gosh, it's still scolding hot. It's all right, let's check back in a year. Oh, man, people still don't like this idea. They've been floating this out here now for a few years but now that it does seem like it's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten running the show, and they may prop up some other conferences to act like that they've got some say and some power, but at the end of the day, it'll be the SEC and the Big Ten running the show, they are saying that they may want to expand the NCAA tournament, which is something they've been saying for a long time. Uh, they admit that it may not be good news for mid-majors, although they're saying that they're trying to say all the right things while saying we also want expansion. Um, who is Brett Yormack? Do you know who that is? Big 12 commissioner. He is an idiot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big dumb dumb. Not as dumb as Klievkov. Um And actually, I would think Jim Phillips might actually be dumber. But, yeah. No. Like, this quote really chapped my you-know-what. He says, I want to see the best teams competing for a national championship no different than the Big Ten and the SEC want to see that in football. And I'm not sure that's currently happening in basketball. Shut up. 
And I'm not normally like a mean person on this radio show. Shut up. Name one team that was excluded from the NCAA tournament that would have won the national championship. 2021 L. No. And I get it. There's been teams that have come into the first four and they've made a run. The best teams are competing for the basketball championship. And the teams that you feel like aren't, your Mac, they play in their conference tournaments, you dweeb. They are competing for their championships. They just have to win to get in. The NCAA tournament, when they talk about expansion, Roush, it's already expanded. Every team has a chance, and there's maybe a few conferences that don't let like the last place teams into their conference tournament. So 99% of teams get to play until they lose. What, where, where do we draw the line? You know what? Let's expand the NCAA tournament, and then let's also do double elimination after a certain point. Like, what, you know, why, why not just totally reinvent the wheel here? Why not just have a year-long tournament starting in December? Everybody's in. You don't even really play a season. Where do they draw the line? And that's why you know it's money-hungry is because there isn't a line. It's good. Like, we've figured it out. It's the best sporting event in American sports, the NCAA men's and women's tournament. And secondly, are you going to expand the women's tournament? Because, goodness gracious, you definitely don't need to do that. Nope. You don't need to do the men's either. It's perfect the way that it is, but all you need to know that it's a money grab is they don't have an end goal. Yeah, they, 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 you know, it's not like they say we think if we got to this amount of teams, it'd be fair or it'd be a good number. It's the most fair system as is in terms of a random one month tournament. You know, that's this is this is the way it's set up. It's the way it should be. The part that frustrates me is that each year we do they do bubble talk for like two or three weeks leading up to the tournament. And then we get to the selection Sunday. And nobody's ever talking about the teams that got left out. I mean, you you do the day after because that's just what you're supposed to do as a host of a program. Uh, but then you'll, it'll be like Rutgers where they were hosed and then they host an NIT game and then they lose right away, like two nights after getting missing out on Selection Sunday. So, like, I just can't – you you can't come at me with any sort of valid excuse other than you just want more money. And you know what? I would appreciate it if they just said that. Like, stop lying to us. You want more money. The ESPN's about to pay $7 billion for the college football playoff. And these commissioners see that there's so much money to be made in college athletics. They want to make more out of college basketball. This is the easiest way for them to do it, and that's how they want to make it. And it's, it's, it's gross. So suck it, commissioners. And CBS and Turner signed a deal through 2032. And how much was that deal worth? Do you do you have that, or do you remember? No, but it was a bad deal, relatively speaking, because it's through 2032. Let's see. The CBS and Turner original contract in July 14 years, 10.8 billion, averages 700 770 million per year. Um, let me see if I can find the number on it. But the overall point, whatever the number is, is going to be like, that's enough, you all. Like, it just is. It's enough. It's enough for everybody. And when your conferences are making, Roush, 50, SEC, 51 million per school, 
and that's like the cheapest it's going to be ever, we'll look back in 10 years and be like, they only made 51 million that year. Oh my gosh. How did they survive? It's the lowest that it's, it's a billion dollars a year. Eight eight additional years are worth eight point eight billion. So one point one billion dollars per like, year. Like guys, it's enough. That's enough. And just think about what that deal is going to be after what twenty thirty two or did well, it, the yeah did, it'll it'll be through uh, thirty two and then what they'll do is they'll renew it before then and then they'll probably give them more money for like it you know it'll be like four billion a year or something like that like they'll they'll get their money like you all it's. It is so much money. And and listen, the the athletic directors and the presidents in the SEC, and the issue is there's not a lot of basketball tradition in the SEC, so they may not care. But this would be the time where Mitch Barnhart would be like, listen, you all, I'm kind of the basketball guy here. We've got, a, we've got something that works. It makes sense. We don't need to add anything to it. It's like when I was a kid, Roush, and I was like doing an art project, I'd, I'd come up with the painting and be like, hey, you know what, this looks solid. And I couldn't help myself between just like adding another bush or like adding another tree or just doing more to it. And by the time it was done, it was like, God damn it, this doesn't look good at all. I should have just quit. Don't do that to the NCAA tournament. They will ruin it if they can just for money. Somebody asked me on Twitter they or X or whatever, they said, is there any expansion you'd be okay with? Could they do the expansion and you'd still get excited about it? I'd need to see what they came up with. But the only thing, the only thing that I would, I wouldn't even be for, but the only system where you could expand, make more money, maybe where they're happy and we stay happy, is you you, you add 32 teams. I don't care how many teams you add. They're playing for the last four spots. And then, then they're in that. Then they're in the the field of sixty eight. Okay, I'm I'm with you, but here's the problem, TJ. It's just the conference tournaments. Yes, right? I agree. You're, I agree. Like you're you're already doing that. You're already making a ton of money off it. If you want to make more, negotiate your conference tournament rights to get more money, conference people, because that's what it comes down to. I think the one way to improve the tournament would be to make the make those. Uh, playing games exclusively power five teams who are playing their way in off the bubble. Like we don't we don't need to see Corpus Christi uh, playing Gulf Coast on Tuesday night. Just give us at large teams that were on the bubble playing each other. And you know what? Sometimes we'll get some good games out of that, like that Notre Dame game where Mike Bray looked like he had been on a four day bender afterwards that ended at like twelve thirty at night that they won in overtime. That was a lot of fun. Was that against Rutgers too? I don't remember. But that Rutgers, was, Rutgers was the big snub last year. Everybody got upset about. But the but the yeah, I think it was two years ago because they were terrible last year. And then Mike Bray retired, but didn't retire. What's he doing? Just is he still just hanging he, at the bar? He was trying to get some jobs, and people weren't overly interested um, uh, in him getting those jobs. I don't, I don't have any other salient points because they can just suck it for trying to expand this. But while talking about guys who didn't get jobs, so Belichick's just not going to get a job. Vrabel's just not going to have a job. But like, Mike Vrabel's just going to hang out with Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. What? What? And did you see the report that Diana Rossini had that some people, some owners are intimidated by his physical size? No, that's that was, a wild story. <laughs> that, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, 
pretty crazy um, that they're just neither of those guys are going to have jobs. Uh, and also, Scoots, we're about to just do the Titans thing, and it's disgusting. They've hired Arthur Smith, and now Ryan Tannehill might be signed. So, what the hell? Oh, the Steelers. Yeah. Hey, but yeah. we we dropped Mitch Trubisky, so that's big. I mean, yeah, but is Ryan Tannehill what? He's just I'd rather Trubisky heavy. Rather right? have rather have him as a back. Either way, it's going to be a backup. I'd rather have he, him as a backup. He's Mitch Trubisky platinum. I like Platinum. And I'll say this one last thing about the NCAA tournament stuff. I get that the college athletic landscape's changing, the SEC, the Big Ten, the money they're going to make versus even like the Big 12 and the ACC. That's got people slightly concerned. And then you take that in consideration what those conferences would be making versus your St. Peter's of the world and your Wofford's of the world. Who cares? Basketball is a funny sport. You tip the ball up there on any given night. Any team can win. Do not get rid of the mid-majors. Do not touch the mid-majors. They're fine. If you a, a tournament where a Cinderella Georgia Tech upsets the one-seeded Wisconsin Badgers ain't going to have the same magic as when – who did Purdue lose to last year? Fairly Dickinson? Yeah, it ain't going to have the same magic when you've got the, the pesky – Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets from the ACC upsetting the number one seed. It just ain't going to be the same. So don't touch it. Don't mess with it. They do this every year. So far, you've been able to kind of fend them off. But this is probably the scariest that it's been because the SEC and the Big Ten are seizing control. And what they want, they'll get. And what they don't get, they'll just make. So I hope that Sankey will have a change of heart. Um, Well, and the other part, too, you're kind of building the plane while you're flying it right now with college football and nil and the transfer portal. This is one thing that's not messed up. So don't like, let's just fix all the other stuff first, please. And then, cause we don't know what the, like the, the end point of final of where college sports are going. Can we at least get there and then make up some decisions? Like right now we do have one thing that is working for college athletics. Let's just keep it intact. I just I just hate that like we do this and then in a month we're gonna be rocking and rolling with conference tournaments and selection Sunday and the tournament's gonna go off. It's gonna be amazing. Remember, we'll talk more about this as the tournament gets closer, but if you have an electric first weekend, it usually makes for a worse second weekend. If you have a somewhat boring first weekend, it usually makes for a really, really exciting second weekend. We love the upsets until those teams are playing in the Sweet 16, and you're like, oh, oh it's probably going to be a blowout then. Now, the magic is when they can keep winning and they can keep it rocking and rolling. But regardless of how it's all going to pan out, maybe we'll have a great first weekend and a bad second weekend or a bad first weekend and a great second. However it all shakes out, we're going to sit back when it's all said and done and be like, man, that was awesome. That was fun. Glad we had another March tournament run. And then 10 months later, we're going to start hearing whispers again of, maybe they're going to mess with this. Maybe they're going to mess with that. Just can it. Just stop it. Not the NCAA tournament. It's holier than thou. I um, I didn't realize this. I was finishing up my post before hopping on the Dash Clips post-game show, but SVP was talking with Billis and brought this up. Scoots, I'm sure you're well aware of this stat, but the last – Three NCAA tournaments, Purdue has lost to a 13, 14, and a 16 seed. Come on. Love it. Love to hear it. Crazy. It's crazy. Does it worry you, Scoots, that it means like they're probably due this year? No. 
No, I mean, no. They're Until they win a championship, I do not think that they're going to win a championship. And I fully believe they're going to run into a team this year that does exactly what Fairleigh Dickinson did last year, just somehow takes Zach Eady completely out of the game, and they're going to they're gonna lose to a joke of a school again. I almost guarantee it. I, and it's just not I, the joke of the school won't be IU. It will not be IU because we won't be there. I do think it is um, noteworthy, TJ. That I mean, when you when you think about it, it's it's one thing if you just have one bad NCAA tournament loss, three in a row, three in a row is that's got to that's got to weigh on you some. So it, I know it's going to be all in the back of their heads. Come selection Sunday, come NCAA tournament time, and that is only uh, it'll be exactly one month from Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, because we get the CBS show and uh, this Saturday, and TJ, unfortunately, I don't think the Cats will be one of those top 16 seeds. Yeah, no, no chance. Uh, I mean, you could you could say this about a lot of games, but you don't blow the home game against Florida and Gonzaga, I would think you'd be included. You, you would yep. see yourself yep. there and maybe even flirting with like a three seed. Not impossible that that would be the case. But, yeah, you're not going to be included. That's unfortunate. That was another goal that has come up short. The, the only goal that really hasn't come up short up to this point is what you do in March, and that's where we're all aiming for. Keep tracking, keep getting better, keep improving. Last night was a step in the right direction. First game as a fully healthy team. How long is it going to last? Who knows? We'll update you if we hear anything on Trey Mitchell, but just keep working towards making a big run in March with the way college basketball has been this season. Purdue and UConn, they stand out seemingly from the rest, and then it's really anybody's guess. Who, John, on the uh, – so, so, didn't somebody uh, tweet out like just like the that UConn had an identical record and ranking at this point last year? Yes, they were like, yeah, it was right around the same. Yeah, yeah. So it is so. interesting. I mean, it's something to keep in mind. Uh, there are apples and oranges when kind of looking at the makeup of UConn last year versus Kentucky this year. But there's a reason they lost a lot of games early on, and they eventually figured it out. We all just hope this UK team can figure it out. A texter says, uh, one of the grab-and-go texters, John here. Good morning, everyone. Happy Ash Wednesday. I hope Trey will be all right. I agree with you on the Auburn game. It will be a big one We're for DJ. I know Cal wanted to get other individuals some playing time, but I wish Cal would have gotten you got us some more playing time in the second half to chase the all-time block record of 14 in a game. Do you all agree? Well, got to go. Talk to you later. I disagree, John, because it wasn't as impressive as Nerland's is block record i don't think ugo should have it he played 12 minutes too in the in that second half so only sat out eight uh could he have gotten four more blocks in eight minutes not impossible but probably unlikely there john but i i didn't have i didn't have any major issues with the rotations the starting lineup wasn't my favorite but it 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 turned out okay he also had four fouls I did see that you're going to block where he didn't even come off his feet, was just standing flat-footed, put his hand up. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I think that was a lob. He probably should have just caught that one, not to be too picky. But good game from you, Gunna. It just it adds to the mystery of the bigs for Kentucky. Like, yep. what are you going to get out of that position? I've got no idea. You got a little something out of you, Gunna, last night. Bradshaw, I thought, in very limited action. I thought I liked his energy. I liked the way that he played. It's just... Roush, that's going to be the conversation. Energy, effort, doing the little things. You do that, I think this team's going to have pretty much a chance against anybody. You take a game off doing that stuff, and and quite literally, they can lose to anybody. We, we know that much as well also. And in, in anywhere, at Rupp or on the road, certainly. So, 
It's going to be a wild ride this final month. Let's take our final break. We'll come back to nothing but text the rest of the show. And again, if you are a Thornton's grab-and-go texter and then you text back in, it may jump you out of the line where we just don't see it for the morning grab-and-go texters for what it's worth. But we love all our texters all the same. We'll try to get to as many as we can. One final segment, KRC after this. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. No, the guy with the rubber glove was surprisingly gentle. Welcome back. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. We appreciate you listening along. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Scoots with piece of dating advice number three for your Valentine's Day. What was number two? And we lumped it all together. Treat her like you do every day. Uh, don't do anything too special today. Keep it modest. Yeah, it was number four. All right. let, let, here, here's a text. Uh, just from a time, just from a timeline standpoint, Valentine's Day. With this new girl that I'm seeing, I'm paraphrasing some of this. Tonight could kind of be the this this is the third date night. Oh, what okay. Should, what should my expectations be given it's Valentine's Day? I get what this person's alluding to, Scoots. Is tonight gonna be the night? Should so, it be the night? That that's funny that you brought that up because that was gonna be my piece of advice. If if you are hoping for that little piece of romanticism tonight. Do not get too drunk. Don't drink. Don't drink too much wine. Don't drink too much vodka cranberries. Whatever your forte is, just don't drink too much because then odds are it's probably not going to happen. She's going to be making love with the trash can, not you. With the trash can. That's that's. <laughs> you said a little bit of romanticize. What if you want a big romanticize? Well, don't drink like too much. Big... Don't drink okay. too much, and maybe maybe eat some oysters. They're they have Ooh. they're they're good for that, right? Yeah, they are yeah. an aphrodisiac. There you go. They get they get people in the mood. Uh, sure. You're big, you're a big oyster guy. Oh yeah. Oh, big time. He loves him some oysters <laughs> before he goes to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> he would have six before any shift back then. <laughs> he was walking in with a loaded gun. <laughs> I guess you got to be careful saying that nowadays. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Um, this texter, he always texts in, so his grab-and-go texts never really get read. Uh, does Gil enjoy the savings at Thornton's? Uh, Gil does enjoy the th- savings at Thornton's, yeah. He's a big Thornton's guy. Said a dude's dad is here, watch your mouth. Yeah, I guess I missed that a dude's dad was getting into it with people on Twitter. He was tweeting at Brandon Ramsey, uh, which, you know, dad, maybe just stay offline. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Brandon, Ram- Brandon Ramsey's a ball knower, so I don't know how anybody could be upset at what he's saying. I do love that he made it. He had one tweet that was like, "I don't do this reaction. I just said, like we get it, Brandon. You don't need to. You don't just just do you, man. You don't need to respond to him all. It's fine." Uh, Texter on Thorn's text on five zero two four one four fourteen fifty says, uh, "Scoots, no weeknight beers plus water and black coffee is the move." There you go. That's how you can cut out the 
keep, keep that carbonation well, cup back. We'll not be drinking black coffee. Thanks for the advice, though. It's good for you. I did uh, try some Earl Grey tea. Like, I bought some good stuff because uh, it's a little bit lighter. And it helps. It's good for a 9 p.m. game. Coffee just gets me too wired, but it was very tasty. I was like, ooh, this is this is nice. I might have to drink me some more Earl Grey. A little less bitter. Hopefully, going small makes us more switchable. Um, and yeah, aside from, I didn't really notice the the ball screen defense being a significant issue last night, TJ. That was nice. Yeah, there was a stretch in the second half where Ole Miss was going inside and, and scoring, and they would try to get the UK big, whether it was Uganda or Bradshaw or whoever it was, just isolated and not go into them and not throw up kind of shots, you know, like in a layup formation, but more just isolating and trying to score over top. And it was similar to what Gonzaga did. And Ole Miss was getting some rhythm, and they were scoring. And on the other end, Kentucky was going on a little bit of a drought offensively. And you could feel, oh, no, is this happening again? There was a timeout. I had tweeted out, all right, well, what are we – what adjustments are we going to see? Are you going to make some adjustments here? And then Ole Miss just went away from it. And maybe Kentucky took it away. If I go back and rewatch the game, maybe I'll get a better idea of why Ole Miss went away from it. But Ole Miss seemed like they had scored three out of four, four out of five possessions, just kind of going inside. And then then they stopped. And they started settling for some outside shots. And the, the style changed a little bit. And Kentucky got away from it. I still think you're going to see teams against Kentucky when they tell themselves, we've got to get a bucket here, they're going to go inside. And maybe it'll be like an inside-out sort of, we'll get inside to try to get them to collapse down on us, and then we'll kick it back out. But that's still, even in a game where UK has a player block 10 shots, they still can get kind of torched in that little mid-range 6 to 12-foot range. And I I don't have the answer as to why that is, but you're seeing a lot of teams go there and find some success. Luckily, Ole Miss went away from it, and they never were able to really get back into any sort of offensive rhythm. But there was a little stretch there where it got a little dicey, and uh, Chris Beard. Hey, you know what? I, I don't. I think Cal outcoached Chris Beard. I think Chris. I think Cal had more adjustments than Beard did. Uh, I don't. I, I think Cal could have kind of stepped his foot on the gas a little bit more if you wanted to, but. There you go. We always yeah. talk about when Cal gets out coached or he does this. That's frustrating, but they he, he did a good job. It was a good game from him. Roush, did you like him running that out of bounds play that cost UK the the Gonzaga game? Not really necessarily an out of bounds play, but just that half court set, the lob, the box screen lob. Did you like that they ran that? That was definitely Cal's way of. I wasn't wrong. Nudge, 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 wink, wink. I know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um, Sure. Whatever, Cal. Do what you got to do to make you feel better. Um, Yeah. We, Cal, we know that play can work. We've seen it work. We like that play. It didn't necessarily, I mean, it, it got, it led to two free throws. So whether or not you consider that working or not working, but it was a terrible play to run in that Gonzaga situation. It just was. And the fact that you could run it the next game and you could have some success with it, it doesn't change the fact that it was a terrible play to run against Gonzaga. And any time that you desperately need a bucket, never be so dead-end in your offensive options. Ever again. Not with this team. Some other teams, whatever. Maybe it's just the best thing to do. Coach them up and hope that the old X's and O's work. But with this group, never again be so dead-end on an offensive option. 
Yeah. And maybe that's Reed's fault. Maybe he wasn't supposed to be so dead in. Maybe he he should have never thrown that ball. He's a freshman. You're putting him in a spot where he's probably the most coachable kid out there, and you're telling him, hey, you got to throw this pass here. He's probably going to throw the pass, even if it's not actually there. But I, I don't mind. Like, yeah, run that play and let it work, and that's cool. Just don't run it when you have to have a basket because that's unacceptable. Another texture says, Nothing to indicate Jay Wright wants to come back, but he'd have to be my first call. If we're talking basketball only, it'd be Nate Oates, but it'll never happen. I could be talked into Drew or Tommy Lloyd. I like Tommy Lloyd, too. No one currently coaching in college really jumps out, which makes this difficult. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about the coaching carousel for not just, I mean, Kentucky, will they have an opening? Will they not have an opening? We'll have plenty more time to talk about that. People like talking about that stuff more in losses than in wins, which is understandable. But Roush, even for U of L, who we all feel pretty solid, they're going to be doing a coaching search after this year. Chris Mack was the obvious candidate. Even Rick Patino was the obvious candidate back then. Kenny Payne was the obvious candidate, whether or not you agreed with it or disagreed with it. The athletic director that has made the last three hires for U of L basketball has had basically a shoe in candidate where everybody knew, hey, this is going to be the person unless something crazy happens. Not this year, though. This year, it's really an open book. And if Kentucky were to join the coaching search, they would fall in line with that where it wouldn't be like, well, we know he's going there, and then where the dominoes fall after that, let's see. Not necessarily. It's kind of athletic directors have to, actually are going to have to do some work this go around yeah. for coaching searches. And I don't think Kentucky's going to be in the coaching search hunt at the end of this year. Just for what it's worth, I, we'll, we'll get talked about that. We'll get asked about that. That'll get brought up 30 more times the rest of the season. I don't think Kentucky will be, but you never know. I think if if you're Louisville, and I've said this on Rutherford Show, my number one target's TJ Otzelberger from Iowa State. I mean, that has to be the guy. I just I don't know what it is about him, but I feel like he's the next like he's the next best thing coming up. He may not be that that right now, but I think he's 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 on a good trajectory upward. Is that just because you like all people named TJ? Yeah, of course. You know that. Mm-hmm. Now, you've always been a big T.J. Watt guy, too. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I think you all could do a lot worse than him, but it, it'll be interesting to see where everybody goes with this stuff. I, text- I just appreciated that when he said T.J. Otzelberger, I was like, so which team does he coach? <laughs> <laughs> Did you figure it out? Uh, not until he said it. It was going to take me a while to get there. You're welcome. Uh, that was a big win for for them last night. They're 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 playing really really well. Um, yeah, again, but you don't want to be too you don't want to get too hot too early. You don't want to get too hot too early. We don't have to worry about that with the cats, thankfully. A texter says, "Remember when UConn got upset in the first round against New Mexico State the year before the national championship? Didn't think so. Four NBA guys and six ranked recruits." As far as the next coach, I think the recipe is someone who's gotten to the Elite Eight in the Final Four and hasn't gotten over the hump. FYI, it's harder to win two championships than it is to win one. Eleven coaches have won more than two. A lot of numbers there. That's correct. But to the early point, it is hard to – like Eric Musselman falls in that, but I don't necessarily think Eric Musselman's a great coach. So, like, it can't only be that Um, because he – They've been knocking on the door at Arkansas, and then they're they've just completely swing and miss this year. And it, it's not just this year that made me out on him. Like, in, just generally speaking, I, he he gives off some kind of Dabo vibes, but in in the rah rah department, that I just I, I wonder how much he coaches. Mm, interesting, so. interesting take. Yeah, 
Kelly Courtside Crafts says one texter. I didn't see her, but I guess she was there. Oh, right. Is she getting back in with the good graces of Calipari? She's tweeting about Vince last night. No, she she tweets about Vince every other tweet. It was because um, the 24-7 said he was a top 10 recruiter in the last cycle. So she gave him a shout out. She said there's only one big dog. Only one. Kirby says, Chris Beard, the king of challenging calls, got four to five monitor requests from Beard early. So Pat Adams was just having a field day with that monitor. Um, it was a lot. I also want to give a shout out to our friend uh, Striebel, who said uh, Chris Beard got handled by Cal in Kentucky. Means he's perfectly qualified for the local job. <laughs> I, I spot no eyes here. <laughs> Maybe he will be their guy. <laughs> he just, it was kind of like uh, when you'd hire the coach who just beat your rival, uh, the Billy Gillespie, uh, who knocked out Wolf the year before, and then he hired it and stops it. It's like, okay, you've lost to Kentucky, then all right, you check the, you check the final box. You can, we can, we can bring you to Louisville now. We, we know you're our guy. Uh, <laughs> but Texter Kirby says, Mitchell out, and we go from brilliant to brain dead every other possession, and the Zebras are instilling their will with a 6-1 foul count to start the second half. Let's see if we can make some winning plays, boys. We'll need to earn this one. Well, they did, Kirby, and, and the game kind of settled back in. Yeah, the the it was Whistle City, USA there to start that second half. I don't get us worked up about officials and, and wins, although I wasn't – I didn't love their performance last night. Uh, but it they, they, they figured it out. And by the way, another game where UK is at home and the opponent shoots more free throws than than Kentucky, um, which is just wild. But it yeah. is it is what it is. Mitchell and Dillingham look like they never played basketball before. <laughs> Why are we still not playing Reed and Rob? I'm on my job and Reeves together. They did do that a little bit there in the late in the second half. No, maybe I'm making that up. There's um, a there's a text I, later that addresses it. Okay, yeah. so we'll just keep going then. Yep. Dillingham has not looked happy at any point in this game. Uh, did Dylan have a tweet saying that one guard was upset not getting into the game? Uh... Somebody had a tweet about that. I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Wonder if we're, we'll hear a little bit more about that. Did Big Z play at all? Nope. Zero minutes? Zero. Wow. Zero. Z is for zero. Roush, you get one seven-footer back for next year. Only one. Anyone you want. You get them for a full year, full summer, full fall. Let's just assume they're going to be healthy, which is not a safe assumption. Which big are you taking? Uh, Big Z. I like to see him there. I am too. I I want another year him like learning American college basketball, Mm -hmm. uh, his his range, his ability to shoot, how good of a passer he is. No, he didn't have 10 blocks last night, and that's awesome from Hugo. But – I, I, my my ranking would be Big Z, Ugo, Bradshaw. Who would have thought that? And, and maybe that's exactly what Bradshaw needs is just another year, and then he breaks through and he's the star player. But I, I do think you're not going to have any of them back just to make this exercise a little bit more simplistic just based on what Kentucky looks to be bringing in and just everything else going on and some of the other scuttlebutt that people are out there saying. That's one of the wildest takes I've heard on this show in probably three years of doing it. You don't, think, you don't think you don't think a single one of them guys will be back next year? I, that is wild to me. Probably one not. of the, any have of the seven footers. I don't think that. Have that's you seen a, Kentucky's recruiting class? It's like all seven footers right now. 
I, yeah, no, I understand that, but I, I, that's just a wild take. That none of them will be back. I guarantee one of them will be back. We've had wilder takes. That's not even that wild of a take. I don't know that that one almost made me break my neck, like staring at the like flipping back to the screen, like what? Well, I don't. What did he just say? Here, okay, so Ugo nearly transferred last year, it, like did, and UK was like, "Wait, you're doing what? No, no, you're not. Come, come on back here." So he nearly left last year. He could definitely transfer this year. Um, Big Z came here just to go to the draft, like just for wanting to get to the NBA. And then Bradshaw, he's a clutch guy. They, they've, you know, he he's probably got an NBA team already promising to take him in the first place. So, I, I Scoot, I hear you, but you look at the people they're bringing in. You just kind of follow the tea leaves of where things are heading. But if I'm UK, I probably go to Big Z, and I'm just like, hey, get stronger, get stronger, be one of the biggest mysteries and like fun pieces in college basketball. Get a lot of people talking about you. And then watch what the NBA does with one more year. But he could be a first rounder potentially. I mean, at least early in the second round. He's seven foot two and can shoot from anywhere on the floor. And he is very new to at least American basketball. There's a lot to like there. You'll get drafted. I think you I think all of them would get drafted if they went to the to the draft too, Scoots. That's something you This year? No shot. Who would not no get drafted? Shot. There, who who's not gonna, I don't I don't know that I mean Hugo's played well, but I don't know that he's done enough for an NBA team to take a chance on him. Aaron Bradshaw has been wholly inconsistent. Yeah, he had the hype coming into the season, but and you're probably right, him being a clutch guy, I think there probably is an NBA team that would take a chance on him. Big Z, no shot. You you saw the flash in the pan in that first game, but they're not gonna draft a guy based on potential and height. Everybody in the NBA's seven foot tall. So they're not they're not gonna take him just based off that. I'll agree with you on everything except Big Z because, yes, they definitely would draft a foreign player based on potential. That happens every single draft. There hasn't been a draft that hasn't happened. Yeah, but Daniel, you- Lord- Daniel Lorden, he played uh, for Kentucky in 2010, averaged three points and three rebounds per game. He was a first-round draft pick, six foot 11, 255 pounds. I mean, I, yeah. I don't, I don't want to argue with you all because you know way better than me. I just I think it's wild that – you think there's not going to be one of them come back. I just, I don't. Yeah, well, well, the, you're right. You're right about me knowing more. Um, <laughs> so you're. TJ knows ball. I'm humble. Uh, I, I will say, though, the, the, the reason why, though, that it does feel like you go, like, how much higher is his ceiling? Like, what? How Get much stronger is- and dominant, you know, like start being physical on the block instead of as passive as he is. That That's the next step for him. Yeah. And, and, I just don't know how much I can trust his hands and everything to be a good I, – I, I just don't know if he's ever going to be anything more than a shot blocker. Maybe. Yeah, maybe you know, not. That, that's my big question. Whereas at least Z, um, if he can just – if he, he feels very unbalanced. He feels very stiff. You know, like if he gets pushed, he's just going to fall over and you can hear the boards kind of cracking as it happens. So that's <laughs> that. It, 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 I, love, I love this big breakdown from you all. This is great. Um, so if, he, if, he, if, he can, if he can just limber up a little bit, get in the right shape, you feel like a lot of the other things, uh, just with experience, will will take care of themselves. And Bradshaw, he worried more about his misses than his kisses. I think there could be a player there. Well, today's the right day to give a player a smooch. So maybe in practice. Scoots, um, hey, you're on a day- I looked it up. Dylan Ballard was you are correct. It was at 10:02. He said that Reeves, Cal took out Reeves to sub in Edwards, and another guard on the bench was not happy. There's Dylan flaming, flaming the 
flame, fan in the flame. There we go. Fan in the flames of controversy. The flame in the fire. Fire. Scoot, you're planning for a big date. Somebody that you're excited to go out with tonight. She cancels last minute. What do you do? Celebrate. Scoot's Valentine's Day advice. Celebrate. You celebrate. Hell yeah. She she hates Valentine's Day as much as me. I'm pumped. We'll replay it for another day when it's not a day about love. Would you consider just like going to a bar, catching a drink, knowing you may run into a lonely person looking for love? Uh, no, because I'm giving up alcohol for Lynn. So I'm going to stay far away from a bar as to not tempt myself. What if you went to a bar and just drank water? I could. Yeah. And you could just hit, hit on the women that came and sat by you. At my, my luck, she'd be the drunkest one in the bar. And then you'd have a chance. <laughs> a texter on the Thornton's text line says, uh, I don't know what has happened. Go ahead, yeah. Trey lost his feel for the three ball, was so consistent for the first 18 ish games. You know what um, I was thinking, Roush, about that is that, like, let's do the old grade school with Trey. Like, all right, let's just make that the elbow jumper then. Scoot in. Yeah, like, we want him to be able to hit that shot. We're used to him being able to hit the shot. It made him such a fun piece early on. He has gone cold from three. Scoot it on in. Let's just do the grade school technique. Can't hit it from out there. Let's get let's get you in where you can hit it. What is something wrong with Antonio Reeves? He airballed two threes. That, need... The ball is weird, Roush. The ball was weird last night. It wasn't Antonio Reeves' fault, darn it. It was okay. the ball. All right, I'm I'm here for that. Did they use the ball that everybody hates in the tournament? You know the if Stephen Peake said no to that. But you know the funny thing is about like those air balls. They didn't look good when they left his hand, but like it was the exact same like shot trajectory. It was just like you know the rim had been moved a little bit, or like he was a little off, off kilter. It, it was it was the Papa shot where the goal. Was <laughs> exactly, the exactly. It would have been good if the goal was in the right spot, but otherwise, yeah, it was weird. It was a bad miss, but it looked good. I mean, it looked like a normal shot, just three feet to the left. I don't know what the rules are, but we do need to get them to play with that weird orange ball at the end of the year. Can we, the one that they do in the tournament? Yeah, they need to. That needs to be a thing that they do. I agree. I agree. Not with just that. in practice, but in games, because practice is just—it's not the same speed. You don't aren't playing with the same sense of urgency. Um, so, please let's let's make sure the balls aren't an issue anymore. UK plays college basketball like an AU team on the EYBL circuit, buddy. You haven't watched EYBL. Jamal Baker Jr. starting his career at UK six years ago and still being in college in New Mexico, averaging five one and one is a crazy career. Good for him. We need to get him on a roll call. Just be like, what's what's been up? How's uh, how's it like being a twenty four year old in college? Yeah. Good morning, y'all. It's good to be back in the win column. However, I wish we would get out of the mindset that we need to be nice to the other team and let them keep the game close at the end. Keep your foot on the gas and my best moral combat voice, finish them. Keep up the good work. Have a good day. Thanks for texting in. You also have a great day. Totally agree. Like, you know, that I'm happy with the win. They were up 16 there. That's a that's a game where if you just kind of keep your foot on the gas, maybe you win it by, by 25. But let's just Take the small victories with this team while we can. Let's grow slow, slowly, but grow. And that was some growth last night. Indiana Tim here, over under on how many days Scoots makes it without a drink of alcohol. I believe in Scoots. I believe in you, buddy. See, here's my thing is I know very well that Scoots, he, he says it often, he's a habitual person. So what – are you just going to stay so busy working games that you don't have the opportunity to drink? Well, here's the thing, Roush. Once I go like three, four, five days, 
that'll start a new habit for me. And that'll become my addiction to not drink because I want to prove people wrong. That I, when when somebody's trying to quit something, you need to support them, not not make jokes at their expense. How many days they gonna make it sober? think you can't have that. I need I need the support like TJ's providing. So thank you, TJ. So what what's the new habit you're gonna pick up? Cigarettes? No, hell no, gross. Reverse not a shot. Rip- darts nope maybe a little chewing tobacco i won't need i won't need another I've, I've got to just go cold turkey there will be no replacement it's gonna be fine i may be grouchy for a few days but i'll, I'll make it happen so your new habit is you're gonna be addicted to not drinking correct i like that i like that That's, <laughs> I, i'm gonna get addicted to water sounds like scoots you need the haters to keep you motivated i think the people telling you you can't do it is a good thing for no you. because eventually i know my mindset eventually <laughs> i'll fall in with them and be like you know what they're right it's kind of like when we bully you off a tape exactly mm. like, yeah yeah <laughs> all right well you got this scoots you can do it buddy thanks pal a texter on the thornton's text line says deep thoughts with scoots should be a regular segment eat turkey every day give gifts every day hunt for eggs with oversized creepy rabbits every day <laughs> See, those are based off of holidays, though, like an actual day that revolves around something. So, but all right. So, what does Thanksgiving revolve around? The first, the first meal between, I guess. The indig- the, I don't know. The, I'm, not, I'm not a history buff. The tribes of New England and the Pilgrims, like you know, when it when it all comes down to it, Scoots, we're just looking for excuses to make a normal day something different, and that's what Valentine's Day is. Why is it in the middle uh, of February? First of all, that that's dumb and in and of itself. Wouldn't you well, much I mean, rather have a an, a a great big date in the middle of the summer as opposed to freaking February, worst no, month of we the have, year? We have summer, we can go to a pool. I, I need I need more holidays in cold weather months. Mm. It's the we, feast of it's the feast day of St. Valentine's. That's why we do it here today. Yeah, we we celebrate the murder of a bunch of gangsters in Chicago. <laughs> A texter says, Scoots giving relationship advice is wonderful. I'm guessing O.J. Simpson wasn't available. Uh, Good old petty cow with the backdoor lob call at the end of the game when it was out of reach. He, he wanted people to know that that play worked. I, I don't like that from cow, but whatever. You know, whatever. I bet the roll call boys are almost jealous. I'll be in about 20 different Thorntons today. Oh, what? you son of a gun. I'm super jealous. And by the way, the one that they're building there on Brownsboro right by the Waterson in 71, that bad boy is coming along. They're gonna be you're gonna be able to pump up gas at that Thornton's in no time. So oh, that's, that's nice to see. Uh, Texter says, as goaltending call that puts points on the board and stops action, then reviewing it for three minutes later is like calling a receiver inbounds in the end zone for a touchdown, then reversing that call after the ensuing kickoff. Yeah, but they stopped the game this time, if I'm not mistaken. The A&M example was horrible, and that probably fits your mold a little bit better. Scoots, I understand your sentiment on Valentine's Day, but here's the deal, buddy. For us married guys, this day should be called Gain Some Ground Day. Yes, you try to celebrate your love year-round, but we men, we can be big dum-dums. Valentine's Day is the perfect opportunity to gain some brownie points and get in the missus' good graces, at least for a couple days. Okay, well, maybe try to gain brownie points throughout the year and not wait until this one specific day. Maybe if you tried yeah. to make a concerted effort to do that once every two weeks, once a month, what have you, you wouldn't have to play catch-up and try to earn brownie points. How about that? By yeah. Scoot's logic, don't wish somebody a happy birthday. You you treat them like it's their birthday every day of the year. Roush is rubbing off on me in that regard. Uh, that your logic should hold out with that. Don't celebrate birthdays. Don't celebrate Christmas. You should have the Christmas spirit in your heart for 365 days. No, it's different. 
<laughs> Scooch says it's different. different. Everybody have a great Valentine's Day. Liz, or Scooch, are you going to be on the radio more today? I'll be on with Spears, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to probably bully you during that one. We need more <laughs> Scooch dating advice. Spears doing radio today? What? Wow. You sure? He feels like working? Everybody have a great Valentine's Day. Ash Wednesday. Thanks for listening. The Caps win. We'll come back. We'll talk about more sports and things tomorrow. This is Kentucky Roll Call on the Big Ash. Roll.